Thank you for listening to Preaching the Word with Nathan Deach. Thank you again for joining me for another episode of the Mysteries of God's Word. Today, we're in Genesis chapter 17, and we're seeing the everlasting promise that God has made with Abram taking on a formal practice through the act of circumcision that will be passed on to Abraham's children and his children's children. We begin today in verse 1, which reads, When Abram was ninety-nine years old, the Lord appeared to Abram and said to him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. Some important details in verse 1 are that the Lord appeared to Abram. Again, we're seeing the Lord take on a physical manifestation and come to Abraham in human flesh. The Lord appears to Abram. We've seen this already a couple of times in Abram's life. And the Lord said to Abram, I am God Almighty. Now this Hebrew phrase for the Lord is El Shaddai. You may remember Amy Grant sang a song called El Shaddai that made this name of God very popular. Another translation of El Shaddai might be the Overpowerer or the All-Sufficient One. If we were to rank the titles of God, this might stand apart as number one. This title of God describes his power, his strength, his sovereignty. He will accomplish that which he's set out to do. He will overpower all opposition. And it is he that defines truth and reality. He is sufficient in all things. So the Lord appears to Abram and tells him, I am God Almighty. Walk before me and be blameless. Now the phrase be blameless is sometimes translated without blemish or perfect. It means to be whole. It means to be a man of integrity or upright. God is calling Abram to walk purely before the Lord. The Apostle Paul often talked about walking with a clear conscience before God. And we had just seen in our last chapter with Sarai and Hagar that Abram was doing some questionable things. And now God is saying, Abram, walk blameless before me. To be blameless before God doesn't mean Abram is somehow arriving at sinless perfection. That will only happen on the day of our glorification, when we see Jesus Christ in the sky. That day that we sing of when we say, I'll fly away. But rather, to be blameless means to daily acknowledge our sinfulness, to turn from sin and confess our sin to God trusting in the finished work of the promised Messiah. As the Apostle John says, when we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It is through our daily confession and turning to the living God that the cleansing of God takes place 
and we are sanctified from all sin. As we walk with God in honesty and integrity, the Holy Spirit will testify with our spirit that we are children of God. And that is what God is calling Abram to do, to walk blameless, to walk honestly and in integrity with him every day. And God says in verse 2, that I may make my covenant between me and you, and may multiply you greatly. Now God is about to formalize his eternal covenant promise with Abram. Again, a covenant is a promise between two parties to perform certain actions. A covenant is similar to a promise, but with stronger implications. We saw in chapter 15 that when God made a covenant with Abram, he had Abram bring a heifer three years old, a female goat three years old, and a ram three years old, and then Abram cut each one in half and laid one half next to each other. And that practice of cutting animals in half and walking between them was a sign in ancient times to affirm if somebody breaks the covenant, that's what's going to happen to them. But if you remember in chapter 15, God put Abram to sleep, and God walked through the pieces of animals. It is God will ultimately fulfill this eternal covenant with Abram. But God here is calling Abram to live faithfully, to live upright, to do his part. In verse 3, we see Abram fell on his face, and God said to him, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. I will make you exceedingly fruitful, and I will make you into nations, and kings shall come from you. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring and after you throughout their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your offspring after you. And I will give to you and your offspring the land of your sojournings, all the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession and I will be their God. We just read through God reaffirming his covenant promise with Abraham. Let's go through that bit by bit. First, we saw Abraham fall on his face. In response to God's command that Abram walk before him as a man of integrity and uprightness, Abram falls on his face, showing his humility and his submission to God Almighty. And God tells Abraham that he shall be the father of a multitude of nations. Now, while Abraham will be the father of many physical nations, this covenant promise is describing believers. The covenant promise given to Abram was an everlasting promise with an eternal blessing, and it's realized through faith. While there will be a lineage of faith that comes from Abraham's 
physical descendants known as Israel. It is not being a physical Israelite that makes them children of Abraham, but rather being children of Abraham's faith. As the Apostle Paul puts it, not all of Israel is Israel. And since the first coming of Christ, the Gentiles have been grafted in to the nation of Israel. Those who are true Israel, true descendants of Abraham, those who are Abraham's children by faith. Abraham is the father of a multitude of nations. And then we see that the Lord changes the name of Abram to Abraham. This name change signifies Abraham's new relationship with God. While Abram was already a child of God through faith, having received God's call, believing on him and following him into the promised land for 24 years now prior to this act of circumcision, he was justified before God through his faith for 24 years. But now Abraham is further committing to the walk of blamelessness and being upright in every way before God. And the name of Abraham means he is the father of many nations. In the everlasting promise God makes with Abraham, he reaffirms once again the four primary points back in Genesis chapter 12. God promises he will show and give Abraham the promised land. And the promised land is something he's going to give all of the offspring of Abram. This is both realized physically on earth through Abram's physical descendants, the Israelites, as well as an eternal promise of the future promised new heavens and new earth that are for all who believe in the Messiah. Second, God will make Abraham a great nation. He will be the father of nations. This is that second promise that we've already touched on. Third, God will bless and protect Abraham, making him exceedingly fruitful. While Abraham went through many trials and difficult times in his life, God was always with him and always protected him. And the Lord blessed Abraham, made him productive in all of his ways. And finally, through the seed of Abraham, the earth will be blessed. It is through the seed of Abraham that the Messiah will come. And in verse 9 we see, God said to Abraham, As for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your offspring after you, throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you, and your offspring after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. Let's talk about circumcision for a moment. Circumcision was the outward sign of Abraham's inward faith and his surrendered heart toward God. This outward act of obedience was now becoming the sign of this eternal covenant that God is making with Abraham. 
And this outward sign of circumcision symbolized the faith that Abraham had in the coming Messiah. It was symbolic of the circumcision of Abraham's heart. However, we know that the Jewish people fell away from trusting in the coming Messiah. Instead, they came to believe that through the fleshly act of circumcision, they had secured eternal life. They began to trust in this command of God about circumcision to justify a religion of works and self-righteousness, rather than trusting in the promised Messiah, which was the faith of Abraham which is what circumcision was meant to represent. In verse 11, we learn, You shall be circumcised in your flesh of your foreskins, and it shall be a sign of the covenant between me and you. He who is eight days old among you shall be circumcised. Every male throughout your generations, whether born in your house or bought with your money from any foreigner who is not of your offspring. Both he who is born in your house and he who is bought with your money shall surely be circumcised. So shall my covenant be in your flesh, an everlasting covenant. And any uncircumcised male who is not circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin shall be cut off from his people, for he has broken my covenant. One final note on being cut off from the people was that If someone refused circumcision, they were refusing to be part of the fellowship that followed God through the faith of Abraham. Again, circumcision represents the faith of Abraham. The things that led to a person being cut off from the community of Israel were foundational to principles of human relationship or foundation to symbolizing their relationship with God. It isn't the circumcision of the flesh that God cares for. It's the circumcision of the heart. And refusing to be circumcised in the flesh, in God's eyes, showed that they did not care for the circumcision of the heart towards the faith of their father Abraham, for which it represented. Thank you for joining me this week. Next week we'll be, we'll be looking at God promising the birth of the chosen son, Isaac. Join me then, and God bless you this week. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understandings.